Good evening, you cool cats and kittens, and welcome to Braving It on the Balcony with me, Josh. Um, I'm not going to retake that, but I kind of hope Carol doesn't find out. I kind of hope that, because she's best case scenario going to sue me and worst case scenario kill me and feed me to a tiger. So Carol, if you're listening, please don't feed me to a tiger. Anyway... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are literally on my balcony, where I am currently filming this. Well, I don't know if you can really film a podcast. You can you can record a podcast, but you can't really film one. So I finally decided to bite the bullet and start doing this with you, because I figure if I'm going to be here for a while, you know, under lockdown, then I might as well, you know, reach out, do something different. You know, some people will write books, others will make little videos, little vignettes, if you'd like to get a little bit more technical. Um, I prefer talking, so I figured this would be great. Now, in regards to what we're going to talk about, the truth is really anything and everything. Uh, no, no, nothing's really off limits. Um, once I've, po- I've posted this, you know, if you guys have any ideas or things that you'd like me to talk or rant or rave about, please let me know, and I'd be very, very happy to do so. So the first thing I'd like to get into tonight, obviously, would be let's get let's get the really, really um, let's get the shit show out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about the coronavirus. Now, I am somebody who I I love a good conspiracy theory. Okay, let's let's. I'm not going to kid you, I enjoy a good conspiracy theory as much as the next man. But quite frankly, this whole 5G causes COVID-19, I could forgive this particular conspiracy theory for many things, but what I can't forgive is just the basic lack of scientific understanding like it just doesn't make sense to me it blows my mind you know if you turn around and you say you know for example there's that old stupid conspiracy theory as well about the the Mossad shark for those of you who don't know what the Mossad shark is you can look it up basically it was this conspiracy theory that the Israelis went and trained a shark to go and attack uh, holiday makers at some Egyptian beach and uh, in order to drive away tourism. Now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry, I'm giggling just thinking about it, but, you know, you could almost make the, the argument and say, you know, given enough time, given enough resources, given the right kind of shark, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe everything just came together with this particular shark and, you know, they were able to train it into, let's just go complete Alex Jones levels of conspiracy here and say that this is possible. I don't believe it, but let's say it's possible. It would make more sense. Saying that 5G causes COVID-19 is the equivalent of me saying that if you nick yourself shaving under a full moon, you're going to turn into a werewolf. There's an, it, it makes about as much sense. So I think, I think it's, it's people reaching 
to be honest. I think it's grasping at straws. I think people in a in a blind panic will always look for answers, whether it's something that's reasonable, whether it's something that's logical, or whether it's something that's just plain batshit crazy. I think that any port in a storm, if that makes sense, and I think that's what this is. I think that this is any port in a storm, people are looking for ways and means uh, to, to have some degree of control over a situation where there is literally no control. I mean, the world has never been more uncertain than it is right now. And yet, you've got to admit there's something kind of, kind of almost freeing about this in that, and I'm, not, and I'm not undermining this, bear in mind, I'm going on the record and saying that I'm not undermining this. I believe that this is a real pandemic where real people are affected, people are dying, okay? This is a very, very real issue here and it needs to be dealt with by the scientific and the medical community and and also us as a global society we need to come together and understand that we're no longer a society that dabbles in um you know separatist thinking we need in order to beat this we need to really come together as a species regardless of black white male female um, you know, you wouldn't, no matter what your religion, your, your uh, sexual orientation, no matter what, anybody and everybody can be affected by this. And I think that it's so important for us to come together as a species and just really do what we need to do to survive this. I think it's very important. But we also have to talk about what comes after this. That's the honest to God's truth, is we've got to talk about what comes after this. Where do we go? in a world post-COVID-19, because I keep hearing the same things over and over again from a multitude of different people, from different backgrounds, different walks of life, but they all say the same thing, which is, I can't wait for things to return and go back to normal. And my question is, why? Because what was happening before wasn't working. Let's be honest. The system is fundamentally not working, and we can do whatever we want and say that you know the system is broken but it's not the fact is it was designed this way the system was designed to be unfair the system was designed to keep those who are um, let's say economically um, disadvantaged down and to keep those who have the money and the power and the control in charge and I think that the system is very much by design. I think we do ourselves and I think we do um, our, our global society very much a disservice by pretending that this is something, oh, you know, that nobody really has any control over. I think that that's disingenuous. If you actually break everything down to the sum of its parts and you, you actually look at it, it's, it's actually quite frightening how this system ha has been designed to keep people down. And, and that's why when... When we talk about what comes after COVID-19, what comes after coronavirus, when things quote-unquote go back to normal and people can start going back to work and children start going back to school, and um, you know, we've, got to, we've got to be better than this. We've got to be better than this. You know, you, we, we look back, let's be honest, I mean, I'm 31. We look back at shit that our grandparents did and their grandparents did, and we look at them as being like these backwards monsters that allowed the most insane things to go on. I mean, we talk about things like 
Nazism and death camps and all this crazy shit. And we think to ourselves, but our great-grandchildren and our grandchildren are not going to think any better of us. You know, look at the, the situation that we're living in. You know, someone who, say, for example, goes and fights in Iraq or goes and fights in, in Syria or, or any of those places and they come back, those people are not treated with the dignity and respect they, are, they should be afforded. You know, those people are not treated with the dignity and respect that they deserve. These are pawns in a bigger game. I mean, a soldier who's off fighting in Iraq... That guy's not designing policy. That guy's not uh, planning wars, but he's fighting to keep his family safe. That guy goes and loses a leg. Now he can't find a job when he comes back. That's, that's not right. You know, we look at, for example, even people who, let's say, go and are now currently fighting this coronavirus. What thanks are we going to give these people when this is all over? I mean, we think about it. How much stock over the decades and even centuries, let's go back a few centuries that we go back and we deify and we glorify celebrities and we, we, we glorify these, these people who, yeah, they can sing well and they can act and they can do whatever, but as soon as this pandemic hit, Let's call a spade a spade here. We were not calling actors and actresses and singers and all of that and, and relying on them. We were relying on doctors and nurses and surgeons. And, um, you know, even you look at the people who um, do their, their job is just packing shelves. Or, I, I say just, but their job is packing shelves and their job is... Uh, being the teller, you know, so that you can buy your essential groceries. And I can tell you now, whenever I go, and I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, I'm not that kind of guy, but, like, whenever I go to the, sh the store, whenever I go and get my essentials, I always make sure to thank the person behind the counter, because if you think that must be terrifying, that must be terrifying. Can you imagine sitting behind a till all day, staring around an empty store and knowing that the only reason it's empty is because there's this death virus that's just out there destroying people and you have to sit there and deal with rude, surly crazy people fighting over toilet paper I don't know how they do it and I personally, if you are somebody who makes their bread and butter by um, packing shelves being a teller at a bank, being a teller at a, a pick and pay or a checkers or woolies or any of those, really, I take my hat off to you and everybody listening should do the same thing. That, you know, next time you're there at the shop, you know, just buy the person behind the counter something for God's sake. Get them a thing of toilet paper, buy them some groceries. They also need essentials and, you know, they have to put up with your crap all day. You, you, you might as well do something nice for them as well. But anyway, let's get off this topic. Uh, uh, it upsets me, and uh, you know it should. We should be upset as as a as a. I keep saying it, but as a global society, we do need to be upset about this because how many people are unable to get real care and real solutions to this very scary problem? And that's why uh, let's let's move on. Let's talk about something else. So personally. 
you know, I, I always, I always pride myself on somebody, on being somebody who is constantly working on, on growing spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I pride myself on that. It's not always easy. I do think that, you know, we, we take mental health for granted, to be honest. And, you know, we all know somebody who is affected by a battle with mental health. I mean, let's, let's call a spade a spade here. We all know somebody who's fighting anxiety or depression or bipolar or schizophrenia or some kind of mental illness and it's just all chemical imbalance and it's just, you know, I feel that we don't place enough care and we don't, we treat these people like there's something wrong with them instead of, you know, really getting down to the understanding of it and I think that this is something that we need to address and I'm going to open up as well because this is, I suppose this is what doing a podcast must also be about, is like some form of catharsis because I am feeling that, just talking to you right now, I am feeling that and I think that, you know, when we, if you are a sportsman, let's say for example, and you go and you blow out your ACL or you break a leg or, you know, people have real sympathy for you, you know, you, you get um, a hashtag about you on Twitter and, you know, people send prayers and thoughts and all this stuff, but if you are somebody that suffers with depression, yes, now things are starting to get better and we are starting to move forward in a more positive direction, but I think for the most part we're still very much living in the dark ages when it comes to mental health and taking care of ourselves and taking care of our loved ones with mental health issues and you know uh, especially now when when most countries are under lockdown or under quarantine do yourself a favor as soon as you're done listening to this podcast just pick up your phone phone somebody that you know that suffers with these kind of things just ask them how they are i mean it's something so small but it'll mean the world to them really I, I can't stress that enough. It'll really, it would, you don't understand what it would mean to that person for you to do that. So, take it, don't take it, work with it, don't work with it. It is what it is. But, you know, I, I was using this analogy the other day. I was talking to somebody and I was saying to them that, you know, if you saw a friend of yours walking down the street and he had a broken leg and he was dragging this broken leg behind him, it, you'd throw him in your car and you'd take him to hospital right away. Of course, it's your buddy. You don't want to see him suffer. You don't want to see him in pain. You don't want to see him dealing with this. But why is it that we get annoyed or frustrated with people who have mental illness or people who have chemical imbalances? Or be, it's, it's because I think on some primal level, we want to believe that it's never going to happen to us. So we do, we get irritated, we pass it off as this, no, it's that person's problem, they're miserable because they can't get their lives together, or they're miserable because they can't, um, you know, they, their job sucks and that's their fault because they didn't go to university, or that's their fault because they um, didn't really uh, apply themselves, or we, we come up with all these different reasons why it's that person's fault and not, you know, 
why we don't need to analyze it on a deeper, more intrinsic level. And I think that that's lazy. That's myopic and it's lazy. I think that, I keep saying it, but I mean it. We need to do better. As a society, we need to do better. We need to be looking at what is causing things like depression, things like anxiety, and, and analyzing it on a deeper level. And, you know, on the one hand, you know, you've got the, the, the scientific community and the medical community, which their philosophy is, well, you just take a couple of pills and you'll be okay. And then, you know, you've got the religious or the pseudo-spiritual community and it's like, no, there must be something missing from your life, man, and you need to seek out better, you know, like you need to stop uh, buying things and, you know, pay more attention to your, your inner self, man. And look, both sides have a valid argument, truth be told. Both sides have a valid argument. Yes, if someone comes to you and says, listen, I've got this magic pill that's going to take all your problems away, or, or not take all your problems away, but at least give you an opportunity to, to cope with your depression, to give yourself a fighting chance to break out of this depression, then you should take that. You need to take that because you owe it to yourself. If you are struggling with depression right now and you are listening to this podcast, you need to address those issues. It's not just going to go away and there's no quick fix, unfortunately. It's not something that you can just, you know, pop a pill and everything's going to be magic. It's, you know, even if you do take the antidepressants, even if you do take the medication, it doesn't live and die there. You still have to do work on yourself. You still have to work out and find out why you were in that headspace and that depression in the first place and what got you there and, and how you can improve your life as well. It's like people, for example, who think that there's an issue in their lives and they're just going to pray it away. So what they'll do is they'll just they'll pray, they'll pray, they'll pray, and they'll never actually apply anything to their lives to make it better, but they'll pray that God will just take the problem away. Now, my personal religious beliefs have no basis here, but the, the truth is, is that if you are somebody who is content to just kind of sit back and pray and, you know, wait for some uh, deity to come and remove your your, your woes and your issues it's not going to help you you still need it if I was a think about it how many of you listening to this right now your parents if your kid comes and asks you for something you don't mind giving it to them but you want to know that the kid's going to look after it you want to know that if you, you know you're not going to be doing all the work and your kid is just going to be sitting there wasting what you're giving them so if there is a God surely then you know, God's not just going to give you all the answers. God's not just going to give you all the solutions. You've got to meet God halfway. And, uh, you know, to, to just kind of sit there and go, well, I'll pray, and if it doesn't go away, well, then, you know, maybe it was God's will. No, maybe God just wants to see you do some of the work as well. Maybe that's something you need to look at as well. And, you know, it's not easy. I can tell you, as somebody who, who's only really started taking a really good hard look at himself in the mirror over the last two and a half, three years, I can tell you it's, it's 
it's horrible. It's horrible. Trying to work on yourself is, it, it is, it's work. It's horrible. You, you learn things about yourself that you don't necessarily want to learn. You, you learn all of your, your awful, selfish, terrible traits that you would, quite frankly, would rather die with you than other people find out. But you, it's important that you, you get to those things and you understand what your good points are and what your bad points are and fixing the bad and, and working on and enhancing and strengthening the good. It's, it's constant work and I think that we, we rely so much on other people to do the work for us and for God to do the work for us. And I think that's why a lot of people are taking strain under these lockdowns and under these quarantines as well, because for the first time probably in their lives, they are being forced to look at themselves and deal with themselves and deal with their problems. And it's frightening. It is frightening. I'm not going to bullshit you and tell you that I'm this uh, Zen yogi who, you know has been to the mountaintop and has seen the promised land no the, f the fact is i'm still working on myself every single day and it's how it should be and quite frankly you know we we need to analyze you know why so many people are, are retreating into things like alcohol and and substance abuse and all of that it's not Nobody gets into addictions like drugs and alcohol and all of that because they're particularly happy with their lives, you know. It's, it's, nobody wakes up one morning and goes, gee, I'd really, really love to be hooked on heroin right now. Like, nobody does that. And we need to stop treating people who are in pain, whether it's physical or emotional or mental or spiritual, you know, those pains are all very real. And if we can't blame the victims here. If someone is feeling a particular way or a certain way, or if you yourself listening to this are feeling a certain way, those feelings are valid and you need to deal with that. I'm not saying that you need to pay attention to every tiny little thing and you need to, you'll go crazy. But at some point you need to be able to do some work on yourself and you need to say, well, you know, I'm not particularly happy with, with, this aspect of my life. I don't like the fact that I chew with my mouth open. I don't like the fact that I, the way I talk to people sometimes. I don't like the way that, um, I don't know, my feet smell. I mean, I'm just coming up with crazy examples here, but like, you get what I'm saying. If there's things that you can work on and things that you can fix in this time of introspection, why not? You owe it to yourself to be a better person. But anyway, I just, I want something good to come out of this podcast, man, I really, I want something good to come out of this, I don't just want this to be something that's, you know, like Simpsons style, old man yells at cloud, I don't, you know, I don't want that, I want something good and positive and, and therapeutic to come out of this, whether it's for me, whether it's for you, I don't know, I don't know, I'm just literally picked up a recorder and started doing this tonight. But I think that it's important. Working on yourself is very, very important. And I think that, you know, if you're a reader, one book that I would really, really recommend, I'll, I'll put the author up 
on the links as well because the author should get credit but it's called the courage to be disliked and it's something that I think everybody should read because it's a very very eye-opening book and it basically teaches you something that that well I thought always was something that I was good at which it turns out I'm not which is you know you learning to make decisions that are good for your life as well not being selfish and not being a prick but like just being able to to say no sometimes if the situation feels wrong or having the courage of your convictions and sticking to what you believe you know as long as those beliefs are not hurting anybody you know I just feel that this is a book that a lot of people can get a lot of really good stuff out of. So if you get a chance, The Courage to be Disliked, I'll get the author. It was really, really good. Um, also, I find that I've been listening to a lot of music uh, since, since these lockdowns, which is, you know, I find music's food for the soul, man. It's something very important, and I find that since I've given myself the chance to just kind of you know, listen to musical styles that I would normally never have listened to, and I'm finding stuff that is just so beautiful and soul-touching, man, and I think that it's, you know, something that everybody should strive for. Challenge yourself, you know, we live in these little bubbles of comfort, and yes, you know, it's nice, and it's warm, and it's cozy, but for God's sake, sometimes we need to get out, and we need to challenge ourselves, and challenge our beliefs, and fight the, the, um, what's it called, cognitive dissonance, man, we've got to fight the cognitive dissonance, we've got to fight that, that feeling of, I'm always right, I'm always right, I'm not always right, you know, god damn it, sometimes I'm very wrong, and I'll admit, in my life, I've said some horrible shit, and I've done some horrible shit, and it's just, you know, but you don't have to be that person forever, you don't have to be the person who said something shitty when he was 18, or somebody who did something that was nasty when he was 22 or 23. You, you don't have to be that person for the rest of your life. You can move on. You are, unless you've done something really shitty, like and really terrible, like something criminal, then I guess, you know, you should pay for that. But even then, when you get out of prison and you're listening to this podcast for whatever reason and you hear this, you, you should think to yourself, you know, you deserve to move on. You deserve to be happy. You should be happy. And that's what I want people to get out of this podcast. If nothing else, if you're just listening to this idiot rambling on and on and on, just be happy. Find what makes you happy and just run with it, man. It shouldn't matter what other people think because at the end of the day, those people, it's first of all, it's none of your business what those people think of you. And secondly, when you go home at night, you've got to be happy with you, not them. You've got to be happy with you. So, if anything, I'm going to wrap up, but if anything, let's just try and be there for each other as a society. Let's work on ourselves. Let's become a better society. Let's become a society that we will be proud to leave to our children and our grandchildren. Because right now, that is definitely not the case. But let's just try. Even if we fail, screw it. If we fail, we fail. But let's go down swinging, people. From my side, thank you for listening, if you've gotten this far. 
peace, love, everything in between. Just look after yourself and I'll catch you on the other side.